Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brains, to the Quick Brain Podcast. I am your host, your brain coach, Jim Quick, and this is the show all about how to unlock your limitless learning and your life. And today's question is, we're going to talk about the keys to long life learning. Instead of lifelong learning, long life learning. And this is really the keys to growing at any age or stage in, in your cycle. And uh, we have a very special guest, Chip Connolly. Now, Chip has been a friend of mine for over a decade. He actually spoke at our annual uh, superhero, the Brain event, if you will, back in 2011. We go in a lot of the same circles and uh, speak on similar stages. Everywhere from Transformational Leadership Council to, to Summit to speakers, authors, networking groups, saying, if you will. I mean, this is going back over a decade. Yes. Chip, thank you so much for being on the show. Jim, it's great to reconnect. And I love talking about learning. So let's do it. Yeah. Now you joined this tiny little startup over a decade ago called uh, Airbnb. <laughs> Some people may have heard of it. <laughs> now this was uh, after a very successful career at a boutique hotel company there. You were the founder and CEO when, when you, you and I initially met. And at the time you were, you were twice the age of the average Airbnb employee. And you had that title of Airbnb's a modern elder, which I, I want to talk about this in your modern elder academy. This given this title because of your curiosity and 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 your wisdom. And that that's really what stands out to me. You warmth and wisdom. Uh, I, I tend to alliterate a lot. I like uh, I like alliteration that. too. And I'll take that. Warmth <laughs> and wisdom. That's that's a good one. And maybe even a little wit yes. occasionally, along with some wine. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the CEO of Modern Elder Academy, which we'll talk about. You've also authored a number of books, some of my favorite ones, Emotional Equations. You wrote the book Peak, and The Rebel Rules, which you wrote with Sir Richard Branson. A most recent book is Wisdom at the Making of a Modern Elder. And so you coined this term, long life learning. Let's let's start there. How how is that different from lifelong learning? So lifelong learning is a great thing, and everybody talks about how wonderful it is. It's an umbrella. It's an umbrella that could last from the time you graduate from college or graduate school till the time you die. No one can say a bad thing about it. It's like apple pie. But the reality is how you learn at 30 is going to be different than how you learn at 60 not just in terms of how you learn, but why you learn, what you learn, and, and, and frankly, what your level of learning is will change over time. And that's partly because the brain changes. A young, as you know, I mean, I, I feel weird lecturing you on <laughs> brains, but the young brain tends to be extremely focused, fast. Arthur Brooks' uh, new books, From Strength to Strength, talks about the fluid intelligence versus the crystallized intelligence. And Arthur has been a, a faculty member of ours for MEA. So when you're young, you get to be very focused and you tend to be pretty linear in terms of left versus right brain. And as we get older, as Dr. Gene Cohen wrote about in his book, The Mature, the Mature uh, Brain, we do four-wheel drive of our brain. It shrinks a little bit, the brain does. 
And we're more adept at being able to move from left to right brain all in the same sentence or paragraph. Long life learning speaks to the idea that thinking holistically, systemically in a crystallized intelligence kind of way means the kind of topics and the way you approach those topics are going to be different as you get older. Also, the topics specifically are different. You know, people in their 50s and 60s might have a growing interest in spirituality, in life stages, in mm -hmm. legacy. Uh, so those are some of the questions and maybe some of the topics that people are going to look at. And the way I define long life learning in some is it's, it's how to live a, long, a life that's as deep and meaningful as it is long. We as a society are very fixated with the length. And I think we need to be as fixated about the depth. And the depth is what, mm. what comes, I think, is a big part of how we learn in our 50s, 60s, and 70s. Now, were these mirrored in your chapters or stages of, let's say, your entrepreneurial career, mm. going from the boutique hotel hospitality to you know, this unicorn Airbnb you know, to now modern elder academy? Did you mirror the, that journey as well? Yeah, I think my I think my journey back in the early days was quite surgical learning. Like, mm -hmm. you know, what can I learn that's going to make me a better leader? And I tended to focus in a, in a can-do-it kind of way. I can do it. I can do it. Very egocentric, I would say, as well. And I think over time, I've moved from can-do-it to conduit. And what do I mean by that is... As can a, do it to conduit. Can do it to conduit. Can do it learner. Can do it leader. I can do it. You know, I used to give this book away to all of the 3,500 employees we had at Chihuahua Vive, my company, the little engine that could. You know, the, the little mm -hmm. engine that goes up there, you know, I think I can, I think I can. Because I liked the spirit of that book and the idea that we were creating a can-do attitude for our people. But what I've learned over time for me now that I'm almost 62 years old is I am more focused on being the conduit. It's not about Chip the hero. It's about Chip the channeler, the person who's channeling what I've learned along the way and helping support others. And I had to learn that at Airbnb after having been CEO of my own company for 24 years. All of a sudden, I am reporting to a guy 21 years younger than me, Brian Chesky, but I'm also mentoring him on what it means to be a CEO. And that required my ego to get off stage um, and to just be a channel for helping him be better at what he does. So, And I would say since then with the Modern Elder Academy, I'm just fascinated by the, the, the idea that maybe the first half of our life, the primary operating system is our ego. And the second half of our life, the primary operating system is something deeper. Maybe, you know, I will call it the soul. And that that soul is what energizes my learning. You know, how can I learn for the sake of supporting and servicing others as opposed to, you know, just being Mr. Competitive type A that I that I, I clearly was, you know, up through my early 50s. Now, I mentioned you were, you were on average, like maybe twice, twice the age of the average employee at that time. What was your approach besides setting your ego aside, mentoring the CEO that you were also, you know, who also was also your leader. Well, the first thing I learned was you got you've got to intern publicly and mentor mentor privately. If you remember the movie The Intern with Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway, De Niro comes in as a 70-year-old intern for a 34-year-old CEO, Anne Hathaway. And so he came in as the intern, but he became the mentor. Well, I came in as the mentor to Brian and I became the intern because wow, I was 52 years old and I'd never been in a tech company before. 
And so the mm-hmm. lingo I was hearing around me was tech focused. And, and frankly, it was a different language. I felt like I was Margaret Mead amongst the millennials uh, as a cultural anthropologist. And I really needed to like put my fear aside because that was really what initially came up for me was, wow, what an imposter I am here as the mentor, but I don't understand mm. the language. And as my dad said to me, you know, Chip, can you put your fear aside and, and replace it with curiosity? And that's really what was my flashlight. That was the flashlight for me is like, I will try to be curious, but what I will try to do is intern publicly. So I don't mind occasionally being the dumbest person in the room, but I was also sometimes the person in the room who asked a question that exposed a blind spot for the company. But I interned publicly and I mentored privately because the last thing that Brian Chesky wanted was Chip Conley, the guy who's mentoring him, but also who reported to him, telling him in the middle of a meeting that he's not running the meeting well. So if I if I had to give Brian some feedback, and Brian was a spectacular student and he taught me as much as I, you know, as I taught him, I, I would tell him things later, not in in a public kind of way. Mm. So I had over a hundred mentees in my four years full time, three and a half years as a strategic advisor part time after that, and it was just amazing. But I I think that the future of mutual the future of L and D learning and development companies is all about mutual mentorship. How do you create inverses where someone's the yin, the other one's the yang, that person knows this thing, but wants to learn that thing. The other person knows that thing and wants to learn the opposite. And the two of them come together and you don't have to spend a whole lot of money as a company to create that matching. Right. And it's it's interesting, the human brain, sometimes we learn better through cooperation and co-creativity as well. Because I was going to ask you the things that, what are some of the things that being in that environment, um, that terrain that you needed to learn quickly and what was what facilitated that faster learning. And you mentioned two, two critical things, curiosity and mentorship. We don't have, you know, that apprenticeship, no. that kind of system as, as people did in trade and things in, in, in the, in the past. No, it's that, I think humility as well. I mean, I think that the, mm. the humility of acknowledging what you don't know, which curiosity can be that, but humility is even a step further because one of the challenges we have as we get older, or at least in midlife and beyond, since we are a midlife wisdom school, is you you sort of shut down the idea of learning new things. A lot of people do because they don't want to look stupid. And that fixed mindset of, you know, as Carol Dweck talks about, of, okay, my fixed mindset says, you know, I define success as winning and I'm trying to prove myself. But the growth mindset is, I'm trying to improve myself and I define success as learning. And when we help people make that shift and become a beginner again, it's remarkable what it does for their life in terms of opening up options. My favorite cocktail party question these days, if I meet someone for the first time is, so, you know, in what parts of your life are you a beginner these days? And people are like, huh? (laughs) In the beginner's mind, uh this is kind of a, like, when's the, when's the last time we learned something for the first time? Mm. You know, this idea, we all have our to-do list. I don't know how many people are keeping an active to-learn list. It's interesting because this curse of expertise, this idea that we feel like we know it all keeps us from maybe, maybe our teacup is, is full, like those, the Proverbs talked about, yes. and with the tea overflowing, we have to empty our cup and our mind is like a parachute only works when it, when it's open. What, so uh, midlife wisdom school, as you refer to it, the, the modern elder academy. Yes. So what are some of the core first principles or core pillars based on the, for your curriculum? Is it 
humility or? Well, no, no. I mean, humility is that, yeah, definitely there's character qualities that enhance your ability to be a modern elder. But there's one overriding element of the cur- curriculum, which is how do we help people cultivate and harvest wisdom, which we define as metabolized experience that leads to distilled compassion. Because oh, metabolized wow. experience alone without the compassion isn't the social good. And and for the history of humankind, wisdom has been perceived as a human good. So it has to be doing something beyond making you wiser just for your own benefit. The second piece is how do you move from a fixed to a growth mindset, which opens up being a beginner again. The third piece, the third pillar is navigating midlife transitions. Midlife is a long stage of life, especially as longevity kicks in. And we aren't very good at teaching people how to navigate the transitions that happen, whether it's menopause or empty nest or a divorce or changing a career, parents passing away, having a health diagnosis, having a newfound hmm. spiritual interest in something. These are things that happen often in people's 40s, 50s, 60s. So we help with that. And the fourth piece is instead of helping people to learn how to retire, we help them them to learn how to regenerate. So how to live a regenerative lifestyle. And we even have created regenerative residential communities where people can live around a regenerative farm or ranch. Could you share with just one more key learning from maybe that you learned? Yeah. No, I, well, and I write about this. I have a daily blog called Wisdom Well. You can just go Wisdom Well, Chip Conley, and you'll find it. Phil Pizzo, Dr. Phil Pizzo used to run the Stanford Medical School. He created the Stanford Distinguished Careers Institute, and he's shown in his research that the three most important foundations for a good long life are purpose, community, and wellness. And the thing that's interesting, and that, that, that all makes sense, it's not, I don't think anybody would argue with that. What's interesting is how do you, how do you invest in each of those? And often when people mm. get older, they and sometimes if they retire or semi-retire, they lose the first two, the purpose and community, because that was a lot had to do with who they were and who they were working with and what they were doing. The wellness piece, sometimes they lose as well because they lose the structure and discipline. But I would say of the three of those, the one that is by far the most important and is correlated with the Blue Zones research, with the Harvard adult development research, is community. People who live long, good lives have invested in their social relations. This is particularly true after age 50. Because before age 50, we tend to be really busy. And we can still be busy our whole lives. But generally speaking, the reason that U-curve of happiness research shows that 45 to 50 is the low point in life satisfaction is partly because people are overwhelmed with everything. And it it is around that time when they need to do what we call at MEA, the great midlife edit, to actually say, I've spent the first half of my life accumulating I need to spend spend the second half of my life editing and discerning. So long story short is if you don't have a community to help you and support you through all of that, if you're silently trying to do it yourself, you may have a midlife crisis that you think you alone are experiencing when in fact lots of other people are going through it. And then the question is what are the best practices to shift from your 40s to your 50s and maybe your 50s to your 60s such that with each passing decade after about age 50, you get happier and happier. And that's what the U-curve of happiness research shows across all cultures. And this is just a testament that our our learning and our our growth doesn't have to stop when we're out of traditional education. And no matter what our age or stage is in life, like life is too precious and even short to be able to feel like we know it all already. You know, I believe that there's a 
person, you know, version of ourselves that's patiently waiting. And, you know, part of the goal is, you know, we show up every single day, you know, we, we play full out, we study where we make those mistakes. We use mistakes as stepping stones where we don't necessarily fail or feel like we're looking bad, but there's only failure to learn something that we, as long as we're getting feedback and we're learning and we're growing. How can people find out more about your academy, about your books? Where, where can we, where can we direct people to? Modernelderacademy.com. That's one place to go. I wrote a, a white paper called the, the Emergence of Long Life Learning. For those who are geeks who want to understand what is long life learning, people can learn more about that. My website is chipconley.com as well. I post my Wisdom Well daily blogs. You know, people could just go and subscribe for free for those. But I also post those on my LinkedIn uh, profile. So if you want to sort of Perfect. follow me on LinkedIn, that's not a bad place as well. Wonderful. And we'll make sure we do that. We'll put everything in the show notes at jimquick.com forward slash notes, the link to the Academy, a link to Chip's books and some of his featured talks as, as well as links to your social media, the white paper and, and so much more. Thank you so much for your time, your talent, your, your friendship for all these years, your, your wit, your warmth, and of course, your, your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Quick Brain Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Tag Chip, tag myself so we get to see it and share. Here's the thing, you know, knowledge by itself is probably not power. It becomes more powerful when we apply it and we share it with others and we share that with the wisdom. Share something that you learned, maybe one takeaway, an insight, an idea, some instruction, and uh, I'll repost some of my favorites. I'll, I'll gift randomly one person because you're tag us in it. Chip's most recent book as a, as a gift to our to our community. And if you enjoyed it, make sure you leave a review and uh, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and everywhere else. Until then, I'm your brain coach Jim Quick, and be limitless, everybody. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power, it's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You wanna learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, 
apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your Limitless Book Club, where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour uh, share, going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.